Warning, this podcast contains sexual content, graphic language, and bodily functions. Get over it. I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb, and this is Dirty Girl, the podcast about women and our secretly disgusting lives. Because there's more than one way to get dirty. Ableism, discrimination in favor of able-bodied people. This week, I chatted with stand-up comedian Danielle Perez about her career and how literally no venues are ADA compliant. The world is not accessible. <laughs> Los Angeles is better because, it, in I guess, in terms of the United States, because it's a newer city. Our construction and infrastructure is a lot newer than like an older city like Philadelphia or New York, but um, access is it's just not there at most places you know what's accessible the cheesecake factory and the dmv and it's like who wants to go there no one's cool is going (laughs) to the cheesecake factory (laughs) the dmv is not pretty cool it's not a cool time it's not a fun time (laughs) um and doing stand-up comedy you know most venues aren't accessible they don't think about ramps to stages, you know, their bathrooms aren't accessible, their entrances aren't accessible. Um, And so it's, I mean, just, it's frustrating, but you figure it out. I lost my legs when I was 20. So I've been disabled for 15 years now, pretty much all of my adult life. Um, And I mean, obviously, sometimes I want to just like scream (laughs) at just the sheer absurdity of trying to exist and function in a society that is so inaccessible, (laughs) you know, like you get to a building and there's just like a big flight of stairs and it's like, well, where is the, you know, wheelchair entrance? And it's like, well, it's all the way around half a block. And then it's like up a hill and, you know, oh, actually our wheelchair ramp isn't working. And it's like, why do you have it then? What does that mean? It's not working. Why are you using it for storage? Like, these are not, oh, our building's grandfathered in. And it's like, it's not, you know? Like, this isn't okay. I want to patronize your place. What? Why are you making this more difficult? (laughs) Disabled people have money to spend. They want to participate in society. And the thing is, when spaces physical spaces are inaccessible that means disabled people can't be there they can't go there it's hard for them to exist there so that means you're not seeing disabled people at places where everyone else is gathering and socializing so that means the disabled experience is not normalized because people don't see it you know there's pretty much no the physical disability representation on TV and films. And if it is, it's usually white and it's usually an able-bodied or non-disabled person, you know, acting as disabled. So it's like, these aren't, you know, it's usually not written by a disabled person. Like these are, it's coming from a place of what a non-disabled person thinks a disabled person's life is. And it's usually not realistic. So, the more that our society is accessible, then the disabled experience is normalized and the thought of, oh wait, is it accessible? Because like I know and I see 
other disabled people around? How are they going to get in? But if you don't know someone who's disabled or you're not in spaces where disabled people are gathering, it just, it doesn't occur to you that they may need to be where you are too. Are there, are there places uh, that you have uh, noticed that are more accessible and um, have you seen more accessible? Like, have you seen, are there any places that you're like, yeah, that's the place. Yeah, that's the place. Um, <laughs> um, I know it's going to, I'm like, where is it? Easy. <laughs> um, malls are kind of, that's why, like the Cheesecake Factory, like Glendale Americana, pretty accessible. <laughs> Any very corporate, large, big places where they want your money are accessible. <laughs> You know, so like a a Marriott might be accessible. <laughs> um, newer newer construction, <laughs> but again, it's like these are kind of cheesy corporate entities, which is like cool, great. Yes, you guys are doing the right thing by being accessible, but it's also coming from a place of like capitalism, and <laughs> we want our money. Also, we don't want to be sued. You know, have you been? To Philadelphia and the East Coast, and have you yeah. had trouble in cities like that? Oh, yeah. Cities? In New York, um, there's a theater, The Pit. The first time I went to New York to do stand-up comedy, I booked a show there. Everything was fine. You know, I'm very, like, upfront about my disability. Um, and, you know, the clip you can see I'm disabled, it, it's obvious. And, you know, it was booked on a show. And then the day of the show, I got an email from the producer saying the um, theater manager um, is uncomfortable in terms of liability. They can't help with the wheelchair um, because the theater was like down a flight of stairs. And I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just like carry my wheelchair down. I've done it before. It's like frustrating, but you know, I'll crawl down the stairs. I'll carry the wheelchair. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. Like they're not comfortable with you performing here at all. I was like, oh, okay. And it was, it was like very early on in my comedy career and it was so devastating to be told, no, you can't perform here. It's like, oh, you mean I can't do a seven minute set in a basement for no money <laughs> and now I'm sobbing because that's all I want to do more than anything is just perform on stage and make people laugh. Um, that was really hard. Yeah, I was crying and it's already I'm in a city that is so inaccessible you know I used to go when I visited New York when I was younger and go to Soho and it's like oh I love the cobblestone and it's like the cobblestone's a death trap it's a nightmare <laughs> a wheelchair and cobblestone forget it like that is not fun or charming or leisurely at all and it's like oh we're below sea level so now all the stores have two to three large stairs to get into them so all these cute shops and boutiques that I wanted to you know check out then it's like oh you know this romanticized idea of New York it's like well that's inaccessible and I can't do that now and cab drivers won't stop for me uber drivers you know I'll call them and they'll see me and they'll just shake their head and drive off I mean all of that is it's illegal and it was like, I'm powering through that. And then to be told by this venue, no, you can't perform here. That was 
that really, um, that really hurt me, <laughs> but it also just made me want to be so fucking successful. So that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, can you talk about, you said you've, you've done it before where you've had to crawl, crawl downstairs with your wheelchair. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, I mean, most venues just, they really aren't. The comedy store isn't accessible. The bathrooms aren't accessible. The belly room is up a flight of stairs. That's inaccessible. The OR inaccessible. It's upstairs. I think now they have a little corridor with a little ramp. You got to go through the main room to get in there. Um, but the comedy store, because of liability, they won't allow anyone that works there to help me with my wheelchair. So I have to crawl up the stairs and either get a friend to help me or like just lift it up myself. <laughs> just drag it along. It's not fun. It sucks. I'll do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. I mean, there's a ton of venues, you know, Rafa's in Silver Lake. It's down like a huge flight of stairs. The Next Age Theater, it's up a huge flight of stairs. It's like, I'll perform wherever, truly. I just want stage time. I just want to tell my jokes. But, you know, you do what you got to do. It sucks, <laughs> but you do it. <laughs> they can't even help. They Okay. Well, that I mean, yeah, they're like, we don't want to get sued. And it's like, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. So then why don't you just get a ramp and get an elevator if you're so concerned about being sued? Yeah. What's your fucking excuse? I had this like really like bananas experience recently. Um, it was an audition and I get in the room and the casting director immediately goes, oh, I'm so sorry you drove all the way over here. Um, the episode is called hikers. It's about hikers and you're in a wheelchair. And I was like, <laughs> I just looked at her and I was like, I can hike. <laughs> it's, it's like, I can hike. And she just kind of was looking at me blankly. And I was like, it's very common. People in wheelchairs hike all the time. And she's just like, how? I was like, you just get mountain bike tires. And she's just looking at me. I was like, yeah, you just get mountain bike tires, adaptive equipment. There's, like, people that do it all the time. There's, like, you know, troops. And <laughs> there's, there's um, you know, societies and people hike. Disabled people, people in wheelchairs, it's very common. They hike all the time. And she was like, okay, well, I guess you learn something new every day. <laughs> And then she's like, do you have any questions about the character? And I was like, God, was this my audition? Me boldface lying to this woman that I hike? Like, I don't fuck, like, I don't hike. Like, I could hike, but I don't want to hike. <laughs> I just want a job. I just want to be on TV. <laughs> Can we do that? That was, and then I was like, what if I fucking book this and I have to hike? What are all the stupid questions you get asked that you're hate of, that you're tired of asking? I mean, I did an episode of MTV's Decoded that lists five of them, so people can like go watch that. It's you know, can you have sex? How do you have sex? That's the big one. Not a question, but like a thing people like to put on disabled people is like, have you done yoga? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, have you tried, like essential oils my cousin they do and it's like i i don't know your cousin 
I also don't know your cousin's like medical history or conditions. Like there's like this weird talking down that happens with disabled people where it's like, you don't give us the credit for living in our bodies and like knowing what's best for it. Like, Oh my God. One time after a show, this woman came up after me and she's like, have you thought about getting prosthetics? It's like, bitch, I live in 2019 America. I have access to Beyonce's internet. You think I don't know about prosthetics? I just looked at her like she was so dumb. Like, yeah, I know what prosthetics are. My God, like get out of my face. People are, yeah, it's just also too. I mean, another big one is what happened, which is so rude and invasive. It's like, I do not go up to you with your face looking as it does and say so what happened you know like that's rude (laughs) it's very rude and it's like okay what are the options here either nothing happened and I was just born this way or something did not go according to plan and do you want to hear that story? Do you feel, why do you feel entitled to that? Why do you feel entitled to people having to explain themselves? It's gross. It's annoying. And then, yeah. And then just like people being like, oh, you're so brave. Oh, you're such an inspiration. It's like, I'm on my way to buy drugs. Like, I don't know if that's inspirational, but cool. Cool that you think me just like existing um, is brave. It's like, you have no idea, like, what I did today or what I plan on doing. I don't think any of it is very brave. You're so smart. Am I? (laughs) That's what happens when you host a show that Roxanne Gay's on. Oh, my God. I can't stop talking about it. Talk about it. the worst. Roxanne Gay's amazing. We love Roxanne Gay. We stand. We worship at the altar. Um, But it was a really cool show. Um... Whitney Bell, she's an activist and a writer. She's, like, contributed to, like, Teen Vogue and stuff like that and uh, different um, abortion organizations, um, you know, organizations that support, um, you know, women's rights to choose. And she has a storytelling series called Stories of Women, and every show is centered around a different theme. So this show was for We Rise LA, which was like a 10-day event um, by the LA Department of Health and Human Services to raise awareness for mental health and give people, you know, access to different options. You know, what does therapy look like? What does, you know, what is mental health? What does it mean? Um, And so I hosted this amazing show and Roxanne Gay was on it. She read from her book, Hunger, which is incredible. Alexandra Billings was on it. I mean, she is a queen. Straight up, if Alexandra Billings started a cult, I would be the first to sign up. I could listen to that woman speak forever. She is just so wise and wonderful. Uh, there was this brilliant poet, Hannah Harris, um, and she was amazing. And she was, like, so young. I was like, oh, my God, the youth. I was <laughs> It was, it was really, really cool. It was really special. That's awesome. And you got your book signed. I did. I got my book, my copy of Difficult Women signed. And in it, Roxanne wrote, be difficult, period. I was like, 
I, I, Captain, I see you. So if you if you see me out there being difficult, that's why Roxanne Gay willed it so. I am um, a stand-up comedian based in Los Angeles, California, and my Twitter and Instagram are at Diva Deluxe, no E at the end. My dates are at thedaniellepérez.com. So come see me. Pay her. <laughs> Pay me. And also um, tell your clubs to book me. If you're outside of Los Angeles or in Los Angeles, call up your favorite comedy club and be like, I want Danielle Perez to perform. Because that, that'll be the thing. Um, a lot of people want to support women in comedy, right? They're like, we want more women on stage and on shows. The best way to support women in comedy is to buy their stuff, but also request them at your local club. If a comedy club is getting phone calls and emails from people saying that they want so-and-so to perform, they want Danielle Press to, to perform, or any other amazing stand-up comedian that they love, the club will book them because they see you took the effort to contact them and say that you want this person. That's a ticket sold. And that's always the excuse. Oh, women don't sell. Women don't sell. Well, if people are calling and demanding specific women, that excuse goes away. And women get stage time and they get paid. Pay her. I spent the entire second half of my freshman year of college bound to a wheelchair. Despite the pain and awkwardness that defined my handicapped existence, one good thing came from it all. I found my true friends. I know, I know, that's super cheesy, but just stick with me and I'll explain in the end. If you ever want to truly get to know a person, and I mean truly get to know them, watch the way they interact with the disabled. To be fair, society doesn't prepare a person for these types of interactions. Sure, Degrassi made an attempt by portraying crippled Jimmy Brooks, who's played by Drake. But how does that joke go? The one that insinuates Drake's start from the bottom was a reference to his rise from wheelchair to fame. Ugh, sarcasm aside, humor tends to be one of the most common responses, as if people who merely encounter somebody who's handicapped need to resort to coping mechanisms. <laughs> Oops, there goes my sarcasm again. When I first started using my wheelchair, I had a lot of patience with the jokes, but those jokes grew really old really quickly to a point where I could predict when somebody was gonna make a witty remark that went something along the lines of, you sure you have a license to drive that thing? My acting classes proved to have the most jokesters taking turns making everyone laugh at my expense. Of course, nobody knew it was wrong because I laughed along with them. And the cute nicknames didn't help either. I could go my entire life without being referred to as wheels again. Of all the responses people had to my wheelchair, the most annoying and crushing was the out-of-sight, out-of-mind mentality. People pretended they simply didn't see me. While they took comfort in the luxury of ignoring my existence, I sunk deeper into depression. I felt invisible, alone, and unworthy. 
In fact, you'd be amazed at all the times people conveniently didn't see me when I was slowly approaching a door, or when I was looking for a handicap seat in a packed theater and nobody wanted to move. On the opposite end of the spectrum were the people who'd stare. Sometimes they'd realize they were staring and would crack an awkward smile. Other times they'd simply keep staring. I felt like an ant beneath a magnifying glass. Their probing stares were humiliating, to say the least. Of course, they just wanted to know why I was in the wheelchair. I looked perfectly normal, after all. I found that little kids were uninhibited enough to simply ask, which was a breath of fresh air. It was always amusing to see the parents' embarrassment when their kid unabashedly asked why I was different. It's really not a problem, I'd assure the parents right before telling the kid about my back injury that landed me in a wheelchair. Now, as I said in the beginning, and I promised I would get back to, my experience helped me to find my true friends. Those were the ones who offered to wheel me to my classes, which were often uphill. The ones who took me to my 6 a.m. physical therapy appointments every day. The ones who defended me to those who weren't patient enough to hold the door open for me. The ones who didn't give up on me even when I didn't want to get out of bed because my depression was more crippling than my physical condition. The ones who treated me like a person. It's that simple. Treat people like people. I know it's sometimes awkward to be around a person who is differently abled, but awkwardness doesn't justify dehumanizing behaviors. Thanks so much to this week's guest, Danielle Perez, and to Bethany Cannon for her piece on disability. Danielle's socials are at Diva Deluxe. No E. D-I-V-A-D-E-L-U-X. Want to see Danielle live? She's performing at the Hollywood Improv on July 24th and the Comedy Store July 16th. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Do you want to see tons of nudes and sex tapes and titties? Follow us on Instagram at Dirty Girl Pod. You may or may not find the things just promised to you there, but we want you to follow us. This is Dirty Girl. I need to shower. This has been a Hoo Ha Ha podcast. <laughs>